Yes, people, what's going on? It is Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? It's episode 245. Um, I've gone around that the other way around, right? I usually say it's episode 245 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. It doesn't matter how I do it. It's my podcast. Um, how are you all doing? Hope you're all well. Um, listen, what a week. What a week. What a great week for podcasting. I imagine every podcast is going to cover the same things. Um, but so am I, so am I, because I can, and that's what I will do, but before I get into, you know, the podcast, like I said, how's your week been, I'll tell you how my week's been, because I know you guys are wondering, well, um, not much done in the week, I'm in my penultimate week, just finished my penultimate week at my current, uh, job, um, so I'll be in my final week, because that's what penultimate means, um, <laughs> I'll be in my final week next week, and on the Friday, of this upcoming week, I will meet my colleagues in person for the first time at my leaving drinks. Nuts! How crazy is that? Um, so yeah, that's gonna be nuts. Doesn't mean nuts to actually meet it for the first time. Actually, see who's small, who's tall, um, what people look like. It's, it's just gonna be odd. I mean, I've seen their pictures, seen their faces on on Microsoft Teams every morning on video, but I don't know what these people look like. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, See if we see the banter. What's gonna happen? I might go there, have so much banter, but oh man, I'm so sad I'm leaving. Who knows? But um, so I've got that to look forward to this week. Uh, gigged on um, Friday. I hosted the Leicester Square Theatre New Comedian of the Year Heat. Um, I was the MC for that, um, which was fun. Good to see some new acts. Um, you know, shout out to the three acts that went through. Um, and, the, and the other acts as well. I mean, the, the other acts. It was a good, good standard. It, it, it's always good to see new, new comedians. Um, you know, so there's no other way of saying this about sounding arrogant. But once you get to a certain level in comedy, and I'm nowhere near the top. I'm just a bit above the new, new act nights. Yeah, so I don't get to see the new acts that are coming through. So. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'll see some of them get signed and be on TV and shit before me. No, but, but, um, but as I don't get to see the new acts, so out of the 12, I'd only seen one of them before. So I was just seeing these new people and like, but actually I say that, one of them who, who's in the heat, she has been on TV and stuff. So that's the thing. Um, but it's good. It was just really good standing, really fun. Had a, had a good laugh. Um, it's an easy job to do when the standard's good. Because when you're emceeing like a new mater- newer comedian like show, um, you may have to reset the room after every act because they can be trash. But it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So it was good. Um, it was funny though because I, I was, will say this now. Now the results have gone through. Um, there's three guys and nine nine girls out to the twelve acts. And me, the guy, uh, the guy who runs it, Dave, he, uh, when we saw the, the lineup, we was like, oh, geez, only three people go through. And we was like, please, 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 please don't let the three guys be the best. Because it will look horrendous if you've literally got three guys, nine girls, and three guys go through. Um, but no, he, said, he, he earmarked which ones he thought were good anyway. And, um, and they, and they delivered. They delivered. No one flopped. That was the crazy thing for a new material. No one flopped. 
you shall see someone literally take a dump on stage just panic forget their words but no didn't happen so fair play to them but did that on a friday then saturday saturday was uh, the first time i've done real extended daddy daughter time not babysitting because it's my baby i can't babysit my own baby daddy daughter time is what i call it um where it's just me me and zadie um naomi went out uh, to her friends for the evening so it's me and the baby now uh it's not too much information it's facts baby's breastfed so um baby's breastfed but we have um some hyper allergenic um formula neocate which smells like raw potatoes so we've got breast milk on ice in the freezer which only found out literally 30 minutes before naomi left that you can't defrost uh breast milk really quickly with just boiling water (laughs) <laughs> can't do it in the microwave either cannot do it in boiling water i was like what i was like shit then how do you do it but found out you you just run it under a tap you need to put it in a bowl of warm water or you can run it under a tap and then you can do it quickly like that but you can't just heat it up really quickly which makes sense you get some bits that i see some bits that aren't and stuff so yeah but it's the first um so yes yeah, it's the first time and um i wasn't i wasn't daunted by it at all wasn't daunted by it at all um i'm not scared of my child so not an issue um you know she, she was asleep when her mum left yeah uh, i say her mum i'm telling the story from zadie's perspective <laughs> she's my wife <laughs> so yeah, so let's go and know me know who she is yeah so she was asleep when Naomi left and then literally about 20 minutes after Naomi left, she woke up. And when this child wakes up, she wakes up demanding food now. Now, that's great. Naomi has two feeding devices on the front of her. Boom. Instant food. You want to talk about fast food? Yeah. There's no faster food than breast milk. Okay. Um, but so what Zadie's gone from? She's gone from a high quality fast food restaurant. Tastes good. Consistent. Knows what she likes, knows what she's ordering. Bish, bash, bosh. Made my order. Here it is, straight away. A cry, get the food. Nipple in the mouth. From that to Daddy's restaurant, which is uh, boiling water. Then, if I'm going to try the formula first, so boiling water. Then having to wait for that water to cool. Then to mix the formula. Then to make sure it's at the right temperature, then it tastes disgusting. So she's gone to like an expensive restaurant and the food's shit. Like kind of Salt Bay's restaurant, from what I've heard. I've never been, but I saw that Gemma Collins had a £1,700 bill. And um, and I saw an article in the review about it. And um, they said, yeah, very expensive. It's basically food is at the level of Frankie and Benny's, they said. <laughs> But the experience is good. You've got Salt Bay running around putting salt on things. And you have like gold wrapped burgers. So you're paying for, for the experience, I guess. But um, but Zadie's experience was dreadful. There's no experience. And the poor girl, she drank, she drank it. She drank the Neo Cape, but she bloody hated it. And she, she hated me. There's one point where she'd been crying for about 20 minutes. 
where she looked at me as if to go, like, don't you love me? <laughs> like, th- it's really bad because maybe you don't know, babies don't actually cry tears uh, that often. Yeah, they make, they cry, they cry out, they make a noise. It's their way of communicating. I'm hungry. Ah, ah, ah. They don't really cry. They're just, they're just shouting. It's how they talk. But if they cry for long enough, they will cry tears. And she had a tear. I was like, oh my God, I'm a monster. <laughs> but she drank it. And then, um, and then she eventually drank some milk as well later on today. But it was fine. What she wouldn't let me do though was eat my food. Um, I was trying to eat my food. She was watching me eat it. And then she just started fussing. And I was like, I can't eat my food while you're looking at me and fussing. So I picked her up. And I, she started yawning. I was like, all right, well, put you down. Put her down for a bit. Managed to get one piece of chicken in my mouth. And she started crying again. I was like, you've been a dick. So, <laughs> but eventually got to eat my food. Uh... Eventually went to sleep. We went to sleep early. Why did we go to sleep early? So we could wake up early for Fury versus Wilder Part Three. That's what we did, and um, what a fight! What a fight! I'm recording Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, so I haven't been asleep since that. And um, yeah, what a great fight, man! What, what a fantastic! I, I just can't, you know, commend both guys. Great, great fight. Wilder did. Uh, he shocked me by being able to hang in for so long, 11 rounds, but hey man, it, I felt like he was always going to go well, I always thought Fury was going to win, uh, and it was the best that Wilder could do, and that must be frustrating for, for Wilder, there's nothing he can do differently, it's not like AJ's fight against Usyk where AJ got the strategy wrong and then implemented the wrong strategy very poorly, it wasn't that, it was Wilder got the right strategy, executed it to the best of his abilities and still lost. I don't like some people mentally, they could take that, go, Hey, that's my level then. And other people can't take it because no one really wants to find out their level. Like in the individual sport, like boxing, where it's literally mano a mano. I am trying to knock you out and not be knocked out by you. Um, to find out this is your level. It's harsh. I mean, it's not like it's, it's level. It's not like this is, you know, Southern area champion. It's, it's not that. This is WBC ring and lineal championship there. So fair play to Tyson Fury. I, I just hope. I see that uh, AJ's um, enacted his rematch clause with Usyk, which I didn't want to see. In my world, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see AJ fight someone else. Get your confidence back, yeah. Let's get an easy knockout. Remember how to knock a guy out. Yeah, just just an absolute chump. Knock him out. I want a guy who's got a fight record of like 70 fights, 38 losses. Just an absolute journeyman. Just there to get tumped up. That's what we wanted. Yeah? But um, he's, he's fighting music. But yeah, I wanted to do that. And then I wanted to fight Wilder. Because I just like AJ and Wilder to have a fight. Because I think just stylistically it would be an interesting fight. Um... And in the meantime, Usyk fight um, fight Fury, yeah. And then AJ fights whoever wins out Usyk and Fury. But then I also remember there's this other man called Dillian White who deserves a bloody title shot. And I just want it in some weird way for him just to end up as the undisputed champion of the world. I love it. Overtop bus going through Brixton. 
man like Dillian White come on it'd be great but <laughs> but um but yeah no boxing was good um hard hard for Wilder to take so hard they had very poor sportsmanship he didn't um when Fury went to talk to him he said nah I don't want to show any sportsmanship or congratulate you like that's poor form absolutely poor form stay after do your interview take your medicine and then people be like hey respect but to do all of that in the ring and then just you know throw it away by acting like a petulant child that's it's sad but it's hard for him to take think about it in the first one he felt like the guy should have been dead he knocked him out in his mind but he wasn't knocked out because he got back up uh, some people might ask oh why is how comes that was a 10 count and was just waved off as a knockout the referee said that when Fury's knocked down he looks looks at the fighter's feet and Fury's feet were pointed straight up showing there was actual tension and he was conscious and that's why he started counting he knew that Fury was actually you know in the building when the fighter's feet all bent you know looking like the wicked witch of the east in, in Wizard of Oz you know the feet all just curled up underneath the <laughs> <laughs> Look at that family guy. It's all twist out. Yeah. That's when the rest is like waves that off. Knockout is done. It's done. But that is what Fury was in the first fight. And you saw he got up like the Undertaker. And then won that round and the round after. So the second fight happens. And uh, you saw what happened. Seventh round stoppage. Towel came in. Fury's blaming. His corner for chucking in the towel. He's saying glove tampering. He's saying egg weights in the gloves. He's saying water was spiked. He's saying voodoo. Racism. He's saying saying everything but Tyson Fury is just a better boxer than me. I lost the fight. So now imagine you've built up in your head that you have been cheated and wronged. You've been cheated and wronged. And then you have a chance to avenge this injustice and the same result happens I think he even burst his eardrum again and you got and let's be honest let's be honest people it's twice he's lost in Black History Month right he lost in the US Black History Month the year before and now he lost in British Black History Month and um, (laughs) and I, I know in America because they don't really know what's going on in the UK they probably see Tyson Fury as just some white boy from England. So to be beaten twice in Black History Month by some white boy from England, not the Gypsy King, not not the you know a guy who's been built for this since he was like nine or ten. To that, to Wilder, it must just be like no, fuck this shit. It's furious, but hey. Tyson Fury won and you know let's see see how boxing goes I think Fury has to fight Dillian White which would be great would be great come on Dillian White that'd be oh that'd be a fantastic fight to watch I thought there's no fights I really want to watch but then there are they're still there they're still there um that's what happened with boxing which was very entertaining what else has happened in my week I watched um watched Chappelle's new special The Closer now Lots of a uh, lot of chat about it online and stuff, and a lot of comedians talking about it. Uh, lowly comedians, you know, comedians that are my level or lower, <laughs> expressing very strong opinions. Um, and I, let, let's be fully candid: when the special first came out, I watched it and I was like, "Nah." 
It's funny, um, but I said it, it almost feels like... I, well, I knew that he, he, he said he was answering the unfair criticisms he's received for his previous specials. And this was like a bookend to his special. I understood that. So because I, I knew what that was, what was delivered was good for that. Yeah, in the sense of it's, it's going to be like a self-referential, almost like an echo chamber. You're doubling down your opinions and you're trying to expand on the explanations. So I knew that's what it would be. So it was good for that. But what I like from Chappelle is that social commentary of what's going on right now, live in the times. Yeah, like this is what's happening uh, in the news. Now, there's so much stuff happening in the world. I was like, why is he not talking about that shit? Why is he not talking about it? And 2021's been crazy. Um, but then my friend, one of my friends told me, no, because he actually re- uh, recorded this in January 21. So a lot of the stuff that's, you know, that, that well, so that's the show who's touring, sorry, and started, you know, trying to do a recording for it. Now, granted, he covered the baby and stuff, so it's more recent. But, you know, that was the main chunk of his show. So the show he's touring now, if you've got tickets for that, is different to what's obviously on, on Netflix. So I was like, okay. Uh, still, though, I know what I prefer. I know what I prefer. I prefer him to talk about things that are happening recently, that have happened recently. So I watched it, thought it was good, thought it was... Um, and then I went online and saw the opinions. Now, it wasn't the opinions that of people that liked it that made it interesting for me. It was the people who didn't like it. And the people saying that he's transphobic, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, right? All these things. And what was crazy is if you actually watch the special, he literally predicts this. He talks about the issue with the world right now as a black man or as a black person that when you are uh, when you're trying to express yourself as a black person and stuff every other interest group will just overshadow you yeah that only as a black person you have to explain your pain and struggle but every other group we're just meant to understand it straight away and if we don't understand it without explanation then we're bigoted and so for him to say that in the special, I was like, yeah, no, I hear that point. But, you know, you've you've beat that drum before. And then for the criticism to come, literally the criticism reinforced the points he was making in his special. So Dave Chappelle has gone from talking about stuff that happens recently to literally almost talking about stuff happening as it's happening and in the future. It is mind blowing. So now I've got to watch it again seeing all the criticism he's received for this special and it's going to be like Jesus Christ this man's spot on he's like he, like I saw two Jewish comedians going back and forth talking about this saying that it's terrible it's anti-semitic and it's just vile right and then they said in one of the comments one goes what's so striking to me is that he said this stuff but no one seems to care and no one seems to talk about it Dave Chappelle's special is literally saying that the LGBT and especially trans like uh, interest groups and campaign is so strong and effective that nothing else seems to matter. It's literally one of his complaints. Yeah. 
And then you've got two Jewish people going, how comes no one's talking about anti-Semitism? It's like, he's literally telling you it is special. Why? <laughs> it's, that's, it's awesome. that's amazing. It's literally amazing. Um, the special, I think it's just great. Um, and I will watch it again. I will definitely watch it again. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's just, for me, it's just interesting. Like I said, not, I've, I've posted on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram that I've never seen a piece of art grow on me due to the criticisms it's received, which were actually referenced in the piece of art. Like, that's nuts. I can't even think of a metaphor of, of, of how that works. I, I can't even remember to explain what happened in this special. But it's, it's, it's smart. It's, it's just, it's next level. It's never, and he said this the last thing he's going to talk about it. And in the show, I hope it is the last he talks about it because here's the thing now. He's now got the point where he has banged the drum enough that people who understand the point he's making understand it. And people who don't understand the point he's making are never going to understand it, whether that's through choice or through just being stupid. But it's, you know, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. I'm lucky I've never done a joke on stage where someone's misinterpreted it willing, willfully or ignorantly. Um, I mean, I've done jokes before, like, you know, and you, you mention certain words are trigger words for people. Even words like white. <laughs> white guys. I'll say something about white guys. I'll see a white guy in the crowd look like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's another black bike talking about race. And then the joke finishes and they're like, oh, that was funny. And it's like, yeah, because you got so triggered by me saying white guy. It's just like you thought, oh, he's, he's going to have a go at me. No, no. I'll take the piss, but I'm not going to have a go at you. I'm not your dad. So I say, yeah, it's um, it's just a state. It's a state of, uh, of comedy at the moment. State of the world. State of the world as well. But it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, it's the one criticism I'd give it is... Um, is obviously he, he has the way well, the story he tells about his friend who is trans is is a great story, but it's just one trans friend you have, and it that is a bit like you know, and the white guy says I've got a black mate, and then you realise the black mate he's talking about is actually you. <laughs> he's like I'm not your fucking mate, um, but <laughs> but no, it's but other than that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just good, good piece of work. I can't wait to watch. But talking about black issues being d- diminished and put to the side, let's let's talk about so about a bit of um, so get to Jesse Nelson talk about black fishing and stuff. Let's get to oh no, we'll go into that later. We I mean, what we've got other stuff to talk about. I mean, we've got um, do want to hear? Yeah, actually, we'll get into that after. So I want to talk a little bit more about race um, <laughs> where if you might have seen this in the news uh, at Tesla judge orders Tesla to pay nearly 137 million dollars to former black employee who claimed he was racially abused daily shout out Owen Diaz man um, do, do what do what job he did to get 137 million at Tesla. So you're thinking 137 million at Tesla. You must have been designing engines. No, 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 no. You, you designed the cars. No, 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 no. You, 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 I mean, you probably created the, the electrical technology that the Tesla uses. No, 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 no. 
Diaz worked as an elevator operator between June 2015 and May 2016. A year! One year he worked there. And he sued the company alleging of hostile work environment and racial harassment, according to the Washington Post. Diaz also claimed he was called the N-word during his tenure at the company. Um, the initial suit by, um, by Diaz, who's back, alleged that workers encountered a scene straight from the Jim Crow era where workers were subjected to frequent racial harassment and supervisor took no... Ah, um, oh, they've just cut it off. Just took no action. But listen... Do you know the amount of black people going to be trying to apply to work for Tesla now? <laughs> 137Ms for racial abuse. When you've got to work somewhere, get racially abused, they get told by HR, don't worry about it. Chin up, big man. Did anyone actually see Helen call you the N-word? No, okay. Then it's going to be very difficult to prove, Clifford. It's going to be very difficult to prove, yeah. Very, very difficult. So what I recommend is that, you know, maybe, maybe you don't create a fuss about it. And maybe it just blew away. Maybe it just blew away, you know? that That's what most black people have to work with. 137 ebbs, be called the ebb. Woo! Woo! I don't know if you understand. Yeah? I'm cheaper than that. I'm not saying you can pay me to racially abuse me, but I am saying that. 137 ebbs, I'll take half. Call me the N-word a few times, I'll take half. You can have a month. A month of following me around every day and just calling me just the most horrible racial slurs. Just follow me around. Like I could be trying to do comedy on stage, you just, on the side of the stage going, Just saying horrendous things from the side of the stage, just whispering in my ear. And I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it because I want the millions. No, but shout out to this guy, man. Getting 137 M's. They better hope no one else was racially abused because they set a precedent. All you flipping Tesla car drivers boasting that you don't need petrol. What are you going to do when Tesla shuts the fuck down? You found out there's actually been another four or five employees who've been racially abused. The balance sheet just gets wiped out. <laughs> that is nuts. That is absolutely nuts, man. Like, do you know how much evidence must have been there for him to get paid out? Like, it must have been irrefutable. Like, they must have recorded themselves doing it. It's not even like my word against his. If you're the one guy getting racially abused by many, then they've all got witness to say, I never saw Jeff Carl Clifford any racial uh, epithet or slur. Not, not, not at all. Not at all. No, no. Yeah, you know I mean, interview the next guy. No, never saw it. Never saw it, man. Never saw it. Think I'm not saying Clifford's a liar. I'm just saying he didn't hear it from us. All these guys have been to go, no, no, no. I back my boy. But my man still won. Jesus. Like I said, it must they must have wrote it down. They must have been in emails. I mean email just titled, you know, monthly report. Can you please see the attachment? The attachment's there. And it's just someone going, nah! <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Poor Owen. 
nuts. But like I say, got 137 mil. That would really, because we will say like there's no, you, you know, there's something like a serious racism. Like money's not the answer. Oh, 137 million. That that is the answer. That that would let me go. Do you know what? Water under the bridge, over the bridge. Make the whole bridge out of water. I don't care. I'm happy. I'm, shout out Owen. But um, but yeah, talking about um, <laughs> well, I was going this week. Like I said, we've got the whole Jesse Nelson thing. Uh, if you don't know Jesse Nelson, she's a former member of Little Mix, who used to be called Rhythmix when they were in um, in X Factor, and um, she has released a new song called Boys, featuring Nicki Minaj, and people have criticised two things. I guess. See, actually, multiple things. Let's go. Let's see if we can break them all down. So first, they've criticised the song itself. Let's just go to the song. People got the song shit. It's trash. It's a rip off of of Bad Boys for Life by Diddy. It's crap. It's rubbish. Here's my thing. Whether the song's good or not, we've all had remixes before. Like, let, let's not get mad that she's made a remix. Um, also, the song that's remixed by Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Sean Coombs. Yeah, I'll smash my son's ex. He, he's in the video. Like, even if he was in the video, yeah, you have to give the cosign for a remix to happen. He needs to say, yeah, you can use my music. Um, if you don't, then you get sued. But my man's in the video. The song's clearly made to pay homage to the first song. Diddy's smart. He knows that if I do this song, it'll make that song come back. People start playing that song again. Now, people criticised um, Nicki Minaj for being in the video. Saying that, uh, you know, why is she working with this girl? Because she wants to and she got paid. Um, so, yeah. What's the issue? What's the bloody issue? Now, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of it. The real meat and potatoes. What we talk about is black fishing. Uh, black fishing is an amazing term that I've heard. Um, I don't know what the definition of black fishing is meant to be, but I'm pretty sure I disagree with it. So <laughs> is that not the most arrogant statement you've ever heard? Let's go on to um, let's let's go into Urban Dictionary, right? Because I, I want to know what they think black fishing is. And then may, maybe it is correct and everyone else is using it incorrectly. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Right. Black fishing. Commonly perpetrated by females of European descent, brackets, white, which involves artificially tanning, spray tanning and tanning boobs. And using makeup to manipulate facial features in order to appear to have some type of black African ancestry. The general point of black fishing is for a female of European descent to appear African, Arab or Hispanic of, or Hispanic ancestry. Some consider it to be the equivalent of modern day blackface um, because it capitalizes off the looks of historically oppressed groups of people uh, by people who come from more privileged backgrounds. OK, cool. So that's uh, what it's been called, black fishing. Now, for me, what I would think black fishing is, is um, 
yeah, pretending to be one thing, but also when explicitly asked, you lie, like Rachel Dolezal. To me, that's a blackfish. Um, this Jessie Nelson girl, because she slapped on some fake tan and, and you know crimped her hair, because you thought she was black, that doesn't mean it's blackfishing. She's always been a white girl from Essex. That's, so for me, that doesn't count as blackfishing for me. Like if you haven't done your due diligence, yeah? So if you as a, a black woman has jumped in front of a train to defend Jesse Nelson as another black woman, that's shame on you. Go find out who you're backing in the fight. Yeah? And if you as a black man, you know, just got a bone and go, I only like black women. Yeah, I like the black one in Little Mix. Which one? Jesse. The curvy one. Um, she ain't black, mate. What? Why is she pretending to be black then? Nah, she's she's not. She's not pretending to be black. Yeah. Now, that's my thing about black fishing. Let's be real though. She has made herself look different though from her natural state. Granted, some people going, oh, she's only done this now. She's released this R and B track. She's never done R and B before and stuff. Um. Quite a little mix of pop bands, but I mean, I don't think she's just changed her look just for this song. She's been like this throughout Little Mix. Even when they were on X Factor, she had, you know, the curly hair and the fake tan. She had like the big horrine pants, Adidas socks and trainers. You know, looking like someone who does hip hop dance class. <laughs> you know them ones. You know, so you can, you know they, got the, they ain't got the rhythm, but they're doing the hip hop dance moves. Just like, ah. Uh, mm. Next move, uh, elbow out, perpendicular with the other elbow. Okay, then left foot forward, oh, bend knees. Ah, 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 yeah, okay. Popping, locking, hip hop dance class. Yeah, woo! Look at me doing hip hop dance class. I mean, the combat pants and the, all of that. Yeah, the baggy tee. <laughs> She's doing that. She's been doing that since. Um, X Factor, so that's obviously her style, isn't it? Um, but here's the thing about uh, black fishing. I don't think it's black fishing. And then the, the other side of it, colorism as well. A lot of black women going, uh, saw ZZ Mills talk about that this is prime example of colorism. If you say colorism is a thing, you're gaslighting black women. And Jesse Nelson here pretended to be black. It's pure colorism showing that light is right and, and, um, no, light is right, and she's taking opportunities from black women. Okay. Here's the thing. Colorism, definitely a thing. Light is right, definitely a thing. But the issue isn't about light is right in this. It's the thing I've said before on this pod. It's all about IB. Insta beige. Beige is the rage. That's what it's about. And that's how it affects black women, is you have to get lighter to be beige. And how it affects white women is you got to get darker to be beige. You see, it's all about being beige, people. That's the way forward. Light skin, black, dark skin, white. I'm talking Mediterranean and Latino. I'm talking Middle Eastern. You're light skin Asians. I'm talking East Asian and South Asian. That's what I'm talking about. And mixed. Oh, the best of all, mixed. What kind of mixed, Darren? It doesn't matter. The more flags in your bio, the better. If you have to describe yourself as a maths equation, oh, voila. Yeah? 
You're black by the corner, you're exotic. Perfect. <laughs> yeah? They don't even know where the countries are. They haven't even heard of them. So as long as you're using fractions in the description. Yeah, I'm quarter this, half that, and an eighth this. Ooh! As long as you're coming out as some shade of something that could be bought at Starbucks. Oh! Yes! Beige is the rage. That's what it's about. Beigeism. That's what I'm calling it. Beigeism. Hyper beigeism. And that's what it is. Is everyone converging into this middle of that racially ambiguous hyper beigeism? Everyone's got the curly hair. They've all got the lips. They've all got the butt. They're pouty. Our eyes green, or are they? They're blue in one light and brown in another, but they're green. And you look straight at them. And I don't know where this girl's from. And her baby picture doesn't match what she looks like now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that. It, it's, um, it's that hyperbasism that's happening. And she's a perfect example of that. She's a white girl who's get, got darker. You see the parents, it's like, you don't look the same. You know, those people tend to hide their parents. They don't have their parents out here. Messing up the, the aesthetic. But, and, and that and that's the issue there, is that hyper and then that's how it affects black women. Now, has she taken the opportunity from uh, a black woman? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if that's the case exactly. Um, could you argue though that if it was a black British R&B artist, would they have been working with Nicki Minaj? Well, here's the thing: there wouldn't be any black female R&B artists. I don't think they exist. They don't really exist. And any black female R&B artist historically had to go to America to to bus and then be sold back. See Estelle, uh, Floretry, um, who else? Um, wait, I said Flowery, Flowery, British. I've got in my head that they are. Yeah, they are. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know that that happens all the time. Uh, in that sense, there is no space for for black talent to do R and B. Um, it is usually it is a pop star that just dabbles in R&B and that, that's your R&B but most of the R&B's from from America get a few soul singers a bit of soul give me a bit of soul give us some soul mate go on give us some soul get a bit of that but they don't get no out and out R&B people here in the UK don't have a market for it you can't sell it can't sell it sorry yeah Beyonce will come here and bloody sell out the O2 no we don't do R&B here not, not, not in this, not in this country. Um, so I can see the frustration of black women in that respect. Um, so even if she was black, she would have had to have done that path. But did you have been interested? So that, that's the thing. It's, it's the, it's the beginning part. I think the, the effect is, it's a white woman working with Nicki Minaj and Diddy instead of a black woman. But the cause of it, um, isn't Jesse's hyperbasism. It's actually the UK's music industry not really providing an opportunity for black women to just be out and out R&B stars to then get 
seen and picked up to work with American acts. I can't think of it. Our current R&B uh, performer that's British. Now, I guess some of maybe like the the women who are like grime adjacent. But they're, they're rappers. They're not, they're not singers. You know what I mean? Like Steph London, is she, is she R&B? Does she count as R&B? I guess kinda. Kinda. And then what colour is she? Beige! <laughs> she's beige. Bear flags in the bio. You think she's like Dutch and, and Jamaican. And see, just there you go. It's the flags, flags in the bio. She'd have British, Dutch and Jamaican flag in her bio. You see? She's beige. She's got the lips. She's got the back off. There you go. The formula rings true. Formula rings true, my friend. Um, so, yeah. But, um, but it's, it's all got a bit messy with Jesse, though, right? Like, they got the other girl from Little Mix, apparently. The one who did the... Leanne. Leanne, who's, who is one of the actual mixed race ones in Little Mix. A lot of people know there's two mixed race ones, and they've always thought it's Leanne and Jesse. Yeah, these, that's what I think it is with Blackfish, is people get hurt that they didn't know. That they feel like they've been duped. But on my thing is this, you've got to find out if you care that much, you've got to find out. I'm not sure if it's because of my upbringing in the sense of being, you know, one of few all the time. Like being like one of the few ethnic people in any situation growing up in Harlow. That any time I've met anyone that I saw a little bit of colour in their skin, I'm like, where are you from, bruv? Where are you from? I need to know. Where are your parents from? So I always knew. So when I see someone, I'm like, where are you from? So granted, I probably would have seen someone like Jessie. Look, I asked her, where's your parents from? And she went, oh, both English. I'm like, oh, okay. But to be fair, I imagine if I was up close to her as well, I'd also see the tan marks on her hand. I'm like, oh, okay, that's mad. Cool. You know what I mean? But I would have found out because that's the type of guy I am. That's the thing. I, I, I hold the same, I keep the same energy for trans issues as well. Like, guys, you go, yeah, if you talk to a trans person, they need to disclose to you that they're trans. Yes, they do. Only if you ask. I think they're right to assume you're attracted to them if uh, if you've if you've approached them and you're chatting them up. They must, they're right to assume, okay, you like what you see. I am what you see. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you don't want to suck a girl's dick, then you're a transphobe. <laughs> but no, um, now listen, in all seriousness, it's, you, I don't think they have to disclose it. But if you do ask, then yeah. And the, and the people who are causing the issue here are actually cisgendered women. They're the ones causing the issue. Being offended when us men who aren't attracted... To, I don't want to sleep with a trans person, yeah? Ask you, cisgendered women, you ever been a dude? You ever had a penis? And you're like, oh my God, do I look like I had a penis? He's like, no, but I don't know. So I'm asking. Ah, do what, this date is over. See, if you just responded with a, that's, no, of course I haven't. It's like, there you go, you've normalised the question. And because you act so outraged, then the guy goes to his shelf, thinks I can never ask a woman that question again. And the next date he goes on, He's on a date with a lovely woman. They go back to a hotel room and then she pulls out the schlong. 
And he's like, I'm already here now. But fuck it, I wish I knew before. <laughs> nah, even if she doesn't have a slog, whatever. But what I'm saying is I don't think they need to, to disclose it unless they're asked. And the same for me with race and ethnicity. If I'm just walking around and being me, whether that, whether that is putting fake tan on, whether that is bleaching my skin, whether it's dyeing my hair. If you don't ask me, why do I need to tell you? Oh, right, I didn't know your hair used to be blonde. Why didn't you tell me? Why did I tell you that? I don't know what information... That's the thing, I don't know what information is actually pertinent to you. That you care about. You know what I mean? Some people just lead with all information. Give you their life story on dates. You know what I mean? They say, yeah, my mum... My mum's My mum used to be an alcoholic, but she's been sober for 10 years. I'm like... Okay, this is the first date. I don't know why you've told me that. Like, your mum is sober for 10 years. Like, why, why are you bringing up her demons to me? Unless you're telling me you're an alcoholic. Like, what's going on? But if I ask, oh, you got any, like, addiction in your family? Then please tell me. I've asked you straight. I've asked you directly. So that's the issue, I think, with black fishing is black people... I'm blaming black people. Something racist has happened and black people are... The fault. <laughs> no, but I do blame black people on this count, on this. We're too quick to invite people to the bloody cookout. That's what it is. So we just want to invite people to the cookout all the time. Cookout's packed. Packed with non-black people. People who are black fishing. White people who can dance. White people who said something not racist. White people who have dated a black person on a reality TV show. Too many people at the cookout that don't need to be there. Alright? We can socialise with everyone at other times, but the cookout? Why are they at the cookout? Yay? You're not getting invited to the picnic, are you? You're not. You're not getting invited camping. No matter if you bring your own tent, you're not getting invited. So, you know, sometimes we have little things that we like to socialise in our own little groups, wherever those groups may be. You don't need to invite someone out. And bring them into the group. You don't have to do it. Right? So I think that's what people are upset. Jesse's been at their table. Eating all the jerk chicken. And then they found out. What? Hold on. You ain't black. And she's just like, what? No. Never said I was. Music cut off. Lock off. (laughs) But. I don't know, man. Um. So yeah, I, so I can understand if you've been accused of blackfish, you'd find it odd. Just like, what are we calling blackfish? But if that's the definition of blackfish and the one that I just read there, where it's, uh, you know, just artificial tanning or whatever, manipulating your facial features, um, then yeah, I guess that is, if that's blackfish, then call that blackfish. And I just think it's stupid to be blackfished. Yeah, I'm victim blaming. If you've been blackfished, then I think you're dumb. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I think that's it on on that topic. Now, have I got anything else to say about anything else? Um, yeah, what I guess one last one. This is a silly story that I got. Um, I found out about. It's about. Um, <laughs> it's about a photographer uh, deletes couple's wedding pictures after being denied food. Now, when I first saw this headline. I was like, I side with the photographer straight away. Then I read the details of the story and I was like, 
I sided with the photographer. So this photographer, he's not even like a normal wedding photographer. So he's kind of doing a favour. He's, he's been asked to do it by his mate. Um, because he's not a proper wedding photographer. Um, and they're on a massive, they've got a tight budget. That's why they've asked him. If he does like dog grooming photos, whatever. They've agreed the price, like £250 for him to film the whole day. Now, as someone who's uh, been... $250, that's not £250. Now, someone who's had a wedding, wedding photographers do not cost £200. They they, they just do not, okay? Uh, way more than that. Yeah, you're paying the arm and the leg. Oh, arm and the leg for it, okay? Um... And whether the pictures come out good or not, you only find out bloody six months later, right? <laughs> now, our photos came out good. It's fine. Our, um, but yeah, so you pay you pay the money. So it's, it's they've got a good deal. Basically, is what I'm saying. Two fifty dollars, good deal. Even the photo, even if the photo is just feet, people's tops of heads are cut off. Mum's not in the picture in the family picture. She's just cut off the end. Doesn't matter. Pay £250 to get what you pay for. Now, when it comes to the day now, they've got my man following all of the preparation, like at six different locations before the bride's even got to the venue. Yeah? Changing ready at one location, he's filming there. No. All over the gaff. All over the gaff. Yeah? It's a madness. Then, the food comes. And he's assuming he's going to get some food. Because, you know, he is a photographer, but he's also a mate. Now, here's the thing where he slipped up. You should put it in the contract. Every photo- The photographers I've booked, every wedding I've been to, photographers said, we're going to take food at this point, so you need to get us food. Because we're working all day. Which I think is fair enough. Because you can't just have him in the corner eating sandwiches. It's all a bit mad. So they always want food at the wedding. Saves them having to bring food, they just bring their equipment. So they bring food and they need someone to put it. A lot of wedding venues aren't going to let you go, yeah, you can just use the fridge. No. They've got like food standards and stuff. You know, you know what I mean? You can't just have flipping rice and peas, jerk chicken, jollof rice and planting and pounded jam in the fridge of an English wedding. <laughs> All right? Can't have that. So, um... So he expected food, but he did not get food. At this point, he's thinking, this is a piss take. But here's the thing, I thought he just went, fuck it, I'm deleting the photos then. No, it was an ultimatum by the, by the couple. The ultimatum, literally, they said, um, and I'll quote, um, he said, yeah, I was told I cannot stop to eat because I need to be a photographer. In fact, they didn't save me a spot at any table. Um, tired, hungry and hot, the photographer was starting to regret their decision to help out as there was no open bar and, th- and they'd run out of water long before dinner service. See, not even any water. And the, But the groom was not in the mood to cater to their needs. Ready for this? He tells me I need to either be photographer or leave without pay. With the heat, being hungry, being generally annoyed at the circumstances, I asked if he was sure and he said yes. So I deleted all the photos I took in front of him and took off saying I'm not his photographer anymore. So that's when he deleted the photos. Now here's me now. I'm like, fair enough. 
you're mad and you deleted the photos. I'm not even mad that you deleted the photos um, for on you know on behalf of the groom. I'm not I'm not mad for the groom. The groom deserves to not get his photos. Here's my thing though: Why would you delete them? You've already taken them, and they're your leverage to get money. So I would have been taking photos. I'd have been taking photos of you know elbows and shoes, just walls, vases, ornaments around the venue. I'm just taking random photos of the ceiling fan. And they're like, here you go. I either would have done that or I'd have held those pictures to ransom. Be like, you're not getting them. You're not getting these pictures until you pay me 500. And when he gets them and he sees he's got photos of curtains and ceiling fans, he'll be fuming. But that's how you should have done it. Because you've already wasted the time, so you might as well try and get the money for it. But I respect the guy who just went, fuck it, I'm deleting the photos, I'm gone. I respect that though. I do respect that. Um, right. I think that's uh, the end of the pod. To get to dear Deirdre then. I'll crack on. Um, Jesus. What is this? What? 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 What is this? Um, very long, very long. Let's see. Um, I'm bored of vanilla and I want to use handcuffs and whips. Jesus, why is it never like a, a gradual escalation? It's always just, you mean, naught to fourth gear. Dear Deirdre, I have fetish fantasies I'd love to explore with my girlfriend. We have regular sex and we both orgasm every time, but it's all too vanilla for me. We've been together for five years and have a little girl. I am 31. My girlfriend is 30. We love each other, completely trust each other and are best friends. I still look at her and think she's gorgeous and we have sex at least a couple of times a week. Lovely. Um, But I'd really like her to take control more and for us to explore my fantasies. I'd really like her to dress up in leather and use a whip, handcuff me, even blindfold me. I've tried to encourage her to be more adventurous, nudging her with erotic books, buying sexy PVC and leather outfits together, introducing toys and exploring sexual well-being apps. I've even suggested we watch a bit of BDSM porn together for inspiration. But my attempts to spark her imagination are either politely heard, then ignored, or she tenses up. Occasionally, she's got upset. I keep asking what her fantasies are and what she would love to explore, assuring her that I'm open to anything. She says she doesn't have any and is happy with the way things are. God damn it, woman! I'm feeling frustrated and even a little trapped. I'm not, I'm not asking her to do anything dangerous, so why won't she consider something a little more erotic than just usually missionary or spoons? Mate. Do you want to unlock that Pandora's box? Maybe she knows that her fancy is so wild that she doesn't bother entertaining it because it can't happen so she's just not mentioning it to you okay and then like once she's told you it you're going to be mortified you're going to try to take your kid away from her and she knows this she's like nah how about just I don't have any he's like come on I don't have any come on I don't have any come on I want to have sex in the stable but I want the horse to be in there with us Oh, uh, 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 
Uh, okay. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, when you say the horse is in there with us, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, like what? You don't know. You don't know what Pandora's box you gonna open up by pressing this issue. But you have to find out, right? You have to find out. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Break to a phone and look at her search history. Then you find some. I don't know. You just got to keep talking to her about it, really. Ask her what she likes about the current things. And that might turn you on. Why don't you just come in in the leather, bruv? Just go, this is how we're dressing now. <laughs> That's like passively forcing your fantasy in someone else. Or is he dressed up as a maid? She's like, no. He's like, fine, I'll dress up as a maid then. Oh, it is. Yeah, I know. Silly. Um, oh, geez, another sex one. Um, dear, dear, my girlfriend says she's been faking orgasm for a year and I'm considering breaking up with her. I like that. Because really what's happened there is you found out you can't satisfy her. And that's a head fuck to continue having sex with someone that you don't think you're satisfying. So to preserve your ego, you've just dumped her for being dishonest. I mean, you could work on turning her on, but no, 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 just, just get rid of her, mate. Get rid! <laughs> yeah? Her orgasm's her responsibility. Your orgasm is yours. She doesn't know how to make herself get to there, then she can't expect from anyone else. Let's see if she does know. Dear Dig, my girlfriend is a top class actress. I found out she's been faking orgasms with me for the past year. Actress young. Bet she lives away. When she's doing actressing. And then uh and she's getting the orgasms there. Let's see. Um I'm twenty four no, sorry, she's 24, I'm 23, we've been together for 12 months, and only now she has let slip she hasn't climaxed with me. Ugh, with you. See, that's not, see, she says, I haven't climaxed with you. That implies that she has with someone else, or with something else. Let's see. So if you just heard some noise, I was drinking from a water bottle. In fact, she says she's never had an orgasm, although she thinks she got close with an ex. That's just rude. Just say you've never had one. You don't need to tell me what was nearby. Yeah? No. No, no, no. Too much information. Too much. Too much. Um, All the time we've been together, I thought everything was going well in bed. I made an effort with foreplay. She made the right sounds and even faked feeling satisfied at yet. <laughs> I feel so let down by her. I'm not the type of guy who doesn't take an interest. I always ask her what she wants. See how she... See how it was for her and check she orgasmed. She always assured me that everything was good with her. Did she say orgasm though? She said all good. See, you're hearing things you want to hear. I never had any reason to question my girl, my uh, bedroom skills. My previous two girlfriends were satisfied with me, I think. You think? Hey? Hey? Little Dick Dennis? Little Dick Derek? <laughs> um... I had to think of D names that didn't, that weren't my name. Um, I've never had any reason to it. So yeah, I only found out the truth because she had a couple of girlfriends around at our flat recently. They they all had one too many drinks and were giggling loudly in the garden while I chilled out inside. They got to the subject of their best conquests in bed. So Cosmo is pricked up. No, I would have turned the music up. I don't hear that at all. 
even if I'd only slept with one person, she'd only slept with one person. I don't hear that at all. Find out that she goes, oh, this is one guy in Malia. It's like, what? We were together then. <laughs> no, we weren't. We was on the break. I never told you about it, though. Um, yeah, so I crept to the window to hear my girlfriend drugly confide that while it, I was good in bed, she had faked every orgasm. She then went to, on to do an impression of her scrunched up orgasm face, much to their delight and my disbelief. I felt humiliated and have since shied away from sex with her. As I talked to her about this, I'm so angry I'm considering breaking up with her. Nah, mate, just... Um... Sorry, it's very good. She can tell something is wrong and keeps asking me what is going on. There you go. Right, yes. Um, if she's fit, don't break up with her. If she's not doing your head in, uh, don't break up with her. Um, but... Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're really hurt, let's talk. Find out what she likes. So you've got to do is find out what she likes. Don't run away. Um, one thing you don't want to do is call your exes and find out. <laughs> Since you didn't end on good terms, they will lie to you and destroy your ego. Right. Um... All right. I think that's the end of the pod, people. I'm done, actually. I can't think of anything else. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, right. Yeah, over an hour. Okay. That's it, people. Cheers for listening. Peace.